Hey guys, Dustin Wynn, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. Hey, this is Scott Snyder, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Paul Dini, listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Bat Force Radio, the DC Batman podcast with no limits. Uh, I am Bat Force Tom from sunny Southern California, joined by Robin D. Cross from the great north of Canada. And we are coming at you for a new episode of The Stack, where we review the new books for DC Comics. This week, we are going over the books for May, is it the 15th? Whatever Wednesday, <laughs> mid May. Yeah, I'm getting the calendar open. <laughs> probably should. Uh, yeah, it'll be the 16th. Okay, May 16th. New books for Wednesday. Um, if you guys are listening to this and you have not listened to our gigantic episode uh, that we just did previously with um, Sean Murphy, you are gonna want to go pat go ahead and listen to that because it's insane. Uh, at this point, I want to say we'll yeah, pro- both, both parts are up. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say because. Uh, Part two would have gone up on Monday. This You're going to be hearing this on Wednesday. So we'll be two days out of the full interview. So um, check it out. Listen to it. Leave us some feedback, what you guys think. Uh, Sean was extremely open and candid with us. And it was the only interview, the only podcast, rather, that he's done since uh, White Knight has started and finished. And he gave us some insight into his process and, and ha- basically gave us how the project came to be. And uh, a little bit of information of where what's going to happen next. And it's just probably, like we've said, one of our best episodes that we've done. Uh, super fun. Funny. Um, a lot of Dan DiDio impressions. Uh, tr- <laughs> even, even, even from Sean. <laughs> yeah, Sean got in, into it. Um, uh, the Trunkler at one point wanted to kick Sean off. That, was, that got kind of hairy for a second. <laughs> but I think... Uh, uh, good time. Trunkler came back to his senses and uh, was able to blow off some steam and finish out the interview. So, uh, but yeah, it almost took, we almost went south there for a second. But um, there was yeah. really interesting stuff, though. Sean uh, talked about some White Knight merchandising that'll be coming, uh, possible topics and things for any possible sequel that might happen. Yeah. Uh, a, a spoiler, a crazy bold spoiler that he hid. In issue one. That's right, yeah. That was just nuts. Yeah, a lot of cool stuff that... uh, I think that was pretty much revealed to us uh, when we were talking to him, which was cool. Um, You can hear Legends of Lego Batman lose his shit on the air as he figures (laughs) it out. But um, yeah, it it was easily one of the most honest interviews that we've ever had. I mean, uh, Scott's pretty honest too. Scott Snyder has gotten in trouble a lot for how honest he is and how much he lets stuff slip but uh sean uh, was just as honest and sometimes brutally honest 
um, yeah. to the point where I'm honest. Yeah, like Scott, Scott talks more like um, he gives away like story stuff, you know, like he, I've seen him do it at cons. Everyone's seen him do it at cons. He'll be at a panel and, you know, he'd be giving away things that are coming up in metal or after metal with Dan DiDio standing right there. And all Dan could do is laugh Shake while Scott's giving stuff away. But like uh, Sean got into like even behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, uh, I liked how uh, one of the uh, wives of the bunch uh, said that he spilled tea about his job. I thought that was pretty yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that was a great term. I loved that. Yeah, and then she also mentioned that uh, we need to watch our cursing, but I, I I pointed out that that was all started by Sean, and uh, he was the one that dropped the first F-bomb. So, um, yeah, great interview. Uh, I swear... <laughs> I'm waiting for the email from DC saying you guys need to take that down. <laughs> like I'm seriously waiting for that that email to roll in one of these days because there's so much behind the curtain talk on that episode that like when we were listening to it I was like oh my god like we probably shouldn't put this up there but <laughs> fuck it I mean if he's willing to say it then what are we gonna do? But uh, I mean I don't know I think DC's actually DC's pretty cool with most of that stuff and. If they do have an issue with it, I'm sure they'll let us know. And um, they've been really good to us, so um, you know we'll, we'll figure something out. But uh, it's it's up there. So while it's up there, everybody go enjoy it and listen to it and uh, check out both parts. Um, but yeah, so getting back. Oh, and because of that, we actually didn't do a lot of the uh, coverage in some of the books uh, from that week because all we did was White Knight stuff. So we're gonna talk a little bit about um, No Justice issue one. Uh, is it what is it? Is it Justice League number one? No Justice. What is that? How does that even go? No, it's just Justice League. No Justice. Uh, that'll be the four parts, and then okay. after that, Scott's uh, Justice League starts up. All right. So it's it's right at, now. It's, uh, a, it's a four issue event, right? Indeed. Okay. Cool. Um, so uh, let's start with Batman first. It's just like there's so much crazy stuff. If you, everyone who's reading Batman right now, there's a lot of people who are getting into Batman because. Um, of Tom King's run, um, a lot of things have been bringing out attention from uh, readers and non-readers. Specifically, uh, this next issue, right, is when the the wedding is going to happen. Uh, it's uh, it will be Joker's involvement in the lead up to the wedding. Okay, so it's not uh, the wedding. I think everything goes down maybe at issue fifty. What are we at now? It's forty-seven. Uh, th this is 47 that's out uh, this Wednesday. All right, so we still got three more issues. Okay. Um, so leading up to that, there's been a bunch of crazy stuff. War of Jokes and Riddles, um, the Super Friends arc, um, and now this is the Booster Gold time travel arc, uh, which is, it's been nuts. Um, this was the, is it the third issue that this was? Yes, so part three, and uh, it's the final part of the gift. Little three-issue arc of this Booster Gold storyline, uh, which is pretty much cutting through the uh, sappy, happy-go-lucky Super Friends slash Bad Cat stuff that had been happening leading up to this. Um, there was one issue that was really dark, too, where it showed uh, that orphan kid, and, and that was a really good issue. That uh, I forgot what number it is, but people should definitely check that out. But it kind of shows... Tom King's ability to kind of go from like the um, the silly bad cat stuff to how dark this is, this was dark man like the ending was super fucking dark of this issue it was like to the point where I read it and I was like what the fuck like 
I had to read it again and I had to go back and like, um, cause there's a lot of like, there's, there's a lot of, um, parallels to the way, um, uh, the arc started and how it ended. It's almost the exact same. Yeah. And yeah, I, I love that, uh, that the page that you're talking about, that splash page that mirrors the first page of the first issue. Yeah. Um, to give you guys a little background, so we're not just kind of jumping around. If you don't know what we're talking about, if you're not reading, um, this arc of Batman includes Booster Gold, um, who has decided that uh, it's too hard to get Batman a gift uh, because he's getting married to Catwoman. So Bruce Wayne is obviously one of the richest men in the world. He has everything. He's Batman, so he has every gadget imaginable, all types of tech. So it's impossible to get him a unique gift. So Booster Gold decides instead to give him kind of like an experience. And he thinks up this crazy idea that what if I went back in time and saved Bruce's parents from dying and showed him that that life would be miserable and that he wasn't actually happy and then I'd change it again to the present and he realized, oh, I'm happy now. Thank you for showing me this gift. Yeah. Um, and but it's actually a, a take on an Alan Moore Superman story from like 1985, I think, called uh, The Man Who Has Everything. Yeah. Where Superman sees you know, what his life would have been if uh, Krypton had not been destroyed and he grew up with his family there. Yeah, to uh, you know, to to appreciate the life that he does have, rather than mourning the life that he didn't get. Right. Um, Booster Gold fucks everything up, though. Like it doesn't go to plan. <laughs> He's just an idiot, and uh, everything that he tries gets gets f- fumbled up. And um, you know, what's up with Catwoman in this in this uh, in this arc? Is she just fucking crazy? She's crazy, right? Yeah. Similarly to how we met her in. Uh, in the regular Rebirth continuity, uh, she was in prison. Uh, I think she was in Blackgate. Okay. Yeah, she was in Blackgate when we met her there, and she was in there for uh, for killing, you know, 134 or whatever people. Moida. Uh, and then we found out that she hadn't done it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so in this world, though, when we meet her, she's actually in Arkham, and she's, like, in a straitjacket, just, like, in... She's super messed up. Like she doesn't even speak. Yeah, she's just you know, so she she's like uh, she's she's a feral cat. Yeah, in this one, and yeah, all she says is meows and hisses. And... Um. So so Booster goes about uh, trying to. It's kind of like a Elseworld situation where it's a it's a future that if Bruce Wayne's parents didn't die, what would it look like? Um. Ra's al Ghul. Uh. Ra's al Ghul. Whatever. Um is in charge he's like he owns eurasia he influences uh cobblepot who happens to be the president um damien there's no damien wayne because there's no bruce wayne batman so because of that there's nobody you know worthy enough to take up the the mantle or heir of the demon so talia decides that there's nobody to you know to to be worthy enough for her so therefore she doesn't uh, take advantage of bruce and um take his seed and make Damien in a lab. Um, Tim Drake is a, a telemarketer. Um, Jason Todd sells tires that electrocute people, that electrocute jokers. Yeah, which is a, a cool play on the way that we met Jason Todd. Yeah. Uh, his his, uh, his origin story was we met him jacking tires on the Batmobile. Yeah. Uh, and then... 
they don't explain why, or maybe I wasn't paying attention, but there is a Batman in this universe, but it is not Bruce yeah. Wayne. Um, no, it's it's uh it's Dick. Do they explain why or how? Uh, well, I assume that uh, with the lack of Bruce having become Batman, when you know everything in in Dick's life progresses the same way, you know he, yeah. he's traveling with his, with his parents in the circus and, and they're killed, and you know chain of events, he just creates Batman, mm. and yeah. but he becomes a very different Batman. Yeah, he doesn't have uh, Bruce's lessons of of no killing, etc. And yeah, he's he just has guns, and and Gotham's a mess, and heroes get Jokerized and turn into you know versions of the Joker. And we see Hal Jordan, a Joker, Hal Jordan, just off himself with the power ring up against his head. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, disturbing way to start out the arc, and that's when Booster kind of takes it from there and um, decides to kind of go about trying to find Bruce Wayne, and he finds him. And he explains to him what what he's trying to do, and Skeets is the one with the ability to travel back in time, go forward and go and go back. And when Bruce hears what uh, Booster is trying to do, which is, hey, you know those parents that you have right now that you're enjoying spending every time every day with them and you love them. Well, um, actually, the world's horrible, and uh, you're really not happy right now. So I'm gonna go back and let them die so that you see uh, how good your life really is when they're dead. And um, Bruce doesn't take kindly to that. So uh, he makes arrangements so that it doesn't happen and fucks with Skeets. And uh, Skeets is no longer able to go back in time. And it's a big mess, man. And then that's when he introduces this Catwoman uh, and he lets her go and he releases her. Uh, he brings her over to the to, to Wayne Manor. And that's when she fucking brutally. What is she? Why does she go after? Uh, is it um, Alfred first? Well, Alfred is just in the way. Uh, she reacts to Thomas. Got it. Uh, they had a, a history because she takes out Thomas, uh, takes out Alfred, and then Thomas speaks up and says, uh, "I closed the orphanage. I did it. You know, leave uh, my family alone. Just, just come after me." Got it. Uh, so yeah, she has some past with him in this continuity, and you know, he's he must be some. L- some part of uh, why she's all messed up. Yeah, got it. Um, but yeah, just a big. It's a big. There's a big old doo doo pile of mess. Basically, he unleashes Catwoman. She goes nuts on everybody. Um, Dick Grayson, Batman shows up. Then um, he's got guns and grenades and all that shit. So it's just a mess. And that's how the second issue ends, right? Or is it the? Yeah, I think that's how the second issue ends with uh, like the big mess in Wayne Manor after all that stuff. And, yeah, where basically everyone is dead, well, or close to dead. Yeah, maybe, maybe dead. You know, everyone got fucked up except for Bruce. And that's and then and the next issue takes place a year later, where he's chained up Booster Gold. There's no Batcave, uh, because he's not Batman, but there is a cave. So he chains Booster up to a cave, um, over a year. So he's got a long bushy beard. He looks like uh, Tom Hanks from Castaway. He's all skinny and scraggly, <laughs> and he's still wearing uh, that. There, there's 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 a very cool Skeets Wilson para- parallel there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, and he, dude, like he's the, he's still wearing the suit, so it's probably so stinky and smelly after a year of oh, wearing yeah. it. But um, yeah. So you know what I found interesting though about the last issue because 
basically what Bruce does is um, they're trying to reverse engineer Skeets to be able to manipulate the technology for him to use to send Booster back in time to fix what everything that he fucked up. Because basically, Booster comes to this alternate reality and he tries to talk to Bruce and show him that he's not really happy. And in the process, he fucks that Bruce's life up. So he's got no parents. Yeah, because Bruce still had uh, faint like memories. He, he said that he had dreams. Mm. Uh, so, you know, it, it, like his brain still knew some of the proper timeline where his parents had been killed and he was Batman. So that was why he destroyed Skeets because, you know, he said, uh, I, I knew you would come and yeah. you, you're going to ask me to fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they, they successfully recreate Skeets and uh, they're able to kind of, I guess, reverse engineer him, but they can't use him without Booster Gold's voice. So... Um, Bruce basically forces Booster to go back in time 10 minutes before his parents died in uh, um, uh, in his childhood. And th- so so what I find interesting is while they're watching the play, uh, Zorro, right? I think that's what they were watching. Um, while they're watching it, and it's like a Back to the Future thing where Booster, Skeets, and that Bruce Wayne are sent back. And right before they get sent back, Booster's trying to get Skeets to go back in time. And Bruce is basically like telling him, like, you better get this to work or I'm going to fucking kill you. So Skeets, like, sends him back. But right as he does, Bruce shoots. And then he hits Skeets. But he hits Skeets after they've already gotten sent back. And yeah, Bruce... Because uh, Booster had, you know, had been very poorly disguising his his actual instructions to Skeets because Bruce wanted to go back to 10 minutes before um, or whatever time he, he wanted to go back to just before Booster brought Catwoman into his house. Oh, that's right. That's right. Batman showed up. Yeah. He wanted to go back to before that happened so he could kill them before it happened. They went and they went back 10 minutes before he was. Yeah. 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 Booster, the time that he was trying to sneaky tell Skeets, was you know okay yeah go back before his parents died wink, but wink. you know the other one yeah 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 um so so what's interesting is they get sent back uh they get back to like it looks like they're on a rooftop um bruce shoots and then young bruce hears the gunshots in the theater yeah. and he gets startled and is and thomas says don't worry it sounds like it was just did he say a gunshot I forget what he says. Don't worry. It's it's something else. It's not going to hurt you. You're yeah. fine. You're safe. Yeah. Yeah. He says. Yeah. Just just a. Uh, it's just a noise. A car or something. Yeah. And then um, they're you know they're fighting on the rooftop. The play uh, Bruce Booster are fighting on the rooftop. Um, the guns going off as they're fighting, and that's when Thomas and Martha and Bruce step out into the street. And as they're fighting on the rooftop, Bruce, Thomas can hear it. He hears the commotion and he hears the, the 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 shots going off. So Thomas says, "Damn, like it seems to be a commotion. Let's go down this way instead." So the actions of Booster and and alternate Bruce fighting on the rooftop and the gunshots influence Thomas to go down the wrong way, which is actually going towards Joe Chill. Yeah. So it, it seems as if 
if you want to say it this way, that Tom King is writing into the Batman history that the reason Thomas and Martha went down the side of the alley that they did that night was because Thomas was overhearing a commotion and decided to, instead of going one side of the alley, he decides to go down the other, which leads to their eventual death. Yeah, so yeah, so it's it's sort of making it canon that they went down that alley outside of the theater because there was gunfire, and the gunfire was future Bruce fighting Booster on the roof of a building because Booster had taken them back there so he could undo saving them. Yeah. So e- yeah, so even like crazy. yeah it's it's all by chance it's just by chance that all this shit's happening and Booster I don't even think he knew that he was gonna unsave them but I don't think there's he never explains the plan like how do you unsave somebody how do you keep somebody I'm sure what he did is he went down and like he jumped down I I don't know if they showed it but he must have stopped Joe Chill from killing the parents he must have somehow done that but in this set of events, it's basically showing that like no matter what the fuck would have happened, it would have happened this way anyway, and Booster is the reason that Thomas and Martha died in the alley. Yeah. And it's fucking crazy to think about but that. But it, get, it gets into crazy time paradox stuff, though. Yeah. Yeah, like like if it, it's you can you can fa- fall down a rabbit hole for hours thinking about all this stuff, and that's why it's it's got that like, you know, it's it's almost like you see Marty McFly, you know, like go, Back to the Future too, when he goes back and he sees Biff and his dad fighting, and then he sees himself. You know, yeah. it's just crazy. It's it's overlapping <laughs> weird layers, and it it, it reminds me of a uh, Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> I'm Craig Robinson's character is talking about you know all the the Terminator Two stuff and. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a great movie it is um so yeah you know i remember like reading i i actually went back and i reread the whole arc i read the first two issues and then i read the third one because um there were some parts that i was like oh i gotta go back you know they referenced this they referenced that um and at first i was just like not confused but it was just so bizarre and and dark and the story was so weird that i was like man this is fucking weird i mean what is like what is the I guess, what's the point? What are they trying to drive at? What are they trying to say? And it's at the very end when that kind of happens, you know, that, 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 uh, track, like, so, so Booster goes through all that. He sees what he does. And then, um, after that happens, uh, Bruce realizes where he is, what he did. And he realizes that he can't save his parents. So spoilers, he picks up his gun and then he puts it to his head and you see in the reflection of Booster's goggles that he fucking blows his head off. And it's the mirrored image of the opening of the arc when uh, Hal Jordan does that and, you know, he gets blood on his goggles and they flash full. I don't know. Does that, but actually, is that, does that mean that Booster was stuck there the whole time without skeets and he had to live? Well, like... No, because no, what happened uh, while they were on the roof, so Bruce kicks Booster in the face saying, what the hell did you do? And is pointing the gun at his face. And when Booster screams, I got you a gift, uh, another Booster with skeets come into that timeline. Oh my God. They just show up, you know. And that Booster puts the points the gun away and is you know he fights bruce on the rooftop 
but then Bruce ends up shooting him. He shoots, you know, that new booster that came back, leaving Skeets on the rooftop with the other booster who oh has gone God. through all of this. I, see, I <laughs> I even missed all that shit because I didn't know what was yeah, going it, on. It's it's so much going on. That's my favorite part of it, though. That yeah, because Booster is on the rooftop there with the destroyed Skeets because after yeah, like you said, as soon as they go back in time, Skeets and Bruce knows that oh you you're fucking around and he tries to shoot Booster Skeet for saves him. for trying to trick him. Yeah, Skeets goes in front and stops the bullet, but gets destroyed. Poor Skeets. So Bruce's like, oh well, fuck. But then this other booster comes through from the future and stops Bruce from, you know, while he's pointing the gun at that booster that's been through all this shit that's, you know, already bloody from the kick in the face. So you get this fresh, clean booster comes through with with a proper skeet still intact. And he loses a fight with Bruce. You see him get shot in the chest. Yeah. But that leaves one booster and one skeet. So they're different from different timelines, but they're the same people. Yeah. And that booster, that second booster that came was able to be killed because before the time travel, Bruce had his guys engineer a bullet that could pierce Booster's armor. (laughs) So everything is just time looping around. This is like 90s comics. This is like, (laughs) this is like old school, like, like what the fuck is going on kind of shit where... The writers just like having. I, I, we should need to talk to Tom King about this arc, yeah. Because this is straight yeah, I, up. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta message Tom and uh, get him back on. This is like some uh, clone saga shit. Where you know what it reminds me of? Have you ever seen? Yeah, because this like Booster realizes like holy shit! Like you know, you're, he's seeing all this stuff happen. Like he sees a a Bruce Wayne kill himself. He sees himself die at the hands of Bruce Wayne. He sees Skeets get fucked up. And then he's like left with himself to having experienced all that, but he's still alive. And then in reality, like that little Bruce Wayne's still alive. So it's like these people are dying, but at the same time, they're versions of themselves that aren't dead. So it's like you're living with the guilt of having seen your friend die or doing all this stuff. Like you're, you're, and and that's evidenced by. The first issue, when we see Booster show up on the first page, and he witnesses Hal Jordan kill himself, he's you know he's happy-go-lucky, carefree, typical Booster with you know this this light-hearted idea that he's going to to give Batman this gift that he thinks is a good idea, and it's going to be all happy, and things go bad, and he sees bad things happen, he causes bad things happening, he sees. Uh, Bruce's, the future Bruce's parents killed because of him, and Catwoman killed because of him, and Batwoman, Batman killed because of him, and then is chained up for a year, and then time travels, and Bruce's parents, he sees adult Bruce witness his parents being murdered while he's a child, and then kills himself and gets Bruce's blood all over his face. And then when he gets back to the regular timeline, he is changed because yeah. you see how messed up he is when he's talking to proper Bruce and Selena. Uh, he keeps he's talking about how he he keeps cleaning his goggles. You know, he, the blood so I keep cleaning them, but that they won't get clean. You know, he's he's messed up by everything that he's seen now. Yeah, who hurt you, Tom King? <laughs> 
man. Who did this to you where you have to put this out in your writing? Because all, all he did was just traumatize the shit out of Booster Gold after three issues. Uh, and his readers. So, yeah. Yeah, it's just messed up. But uh, it reminds me of, have you ever seen The Prestige? No, actually, I haven't. Is that a Chris Nolan movie? Christopher Nolan? I, I think know, it I've, is. I've heard of it, but I, I haven't watched so it. So it was right after, uh, it came out, I think it was the movie he did after Batman Begins. And you know how he likes to use all the same actors in a lot of his movies? Yeah. Um, he cast, uh, so Christian Bale is this, um, this is back in like, this is like, I don't know what, it's like, not Victorian times, I'm horrible with history, but um, it was back in old timey times, you know, like. Yeah, like, I don't know, colonial Europe, I don't know. You use technical terms. No, colonial means, like, colonies. I don't know when the fuck it was, but it's, like... <laughs> it's a, it's old. Yeah, it's old as shit, and, uh... It's, like, golden age. Yeah, like, like, gas lamp, like, gas lamp, no electricity kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, Gotham by Gaslight. Type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I think it's in, like, England, or a big city, like, New York, or Paris, or something, but it's all about, uh, magicians, and, um how like back in the day like magicians used to like live for the illusions that they would create and it was you know because that's what their job is and it they don't want to be found out for their for what their tricks are so they they like commit their lives to the um illusion of what they're doing and Hugh Jackman plays like this really popular successful magician and Christian Bale is like this up and coming one who has this crazy uh, trick where he's able to, there's one door frame uh, and then like 10 feet on the other side of the stage is another door frame. So he's in one door frame, throws a ball to his left and steps behind the door and closes it. And he comes out from the other door on the other side of the stage and catches the ball that he just threw. So it's like a teleportation trick that he does. And Hugh Jackman, who is like, the greatest magician at the time sees the trick from this fucking traveling magician, no name guy. And he says, that is the greatest trick I've ever seen in my life. And I don't know how he does it. And he becomes obsessed with trying to find out how Christian Bale does it. And so he spends the entire movie like researching and trying to dig up dirt on him and figuring out how the fuck he does it, but he can't figure it out. And, um, and he eventually finds a way to do the trick himself where he finds this like technology and he finds this machine that allows him to do it. And it's like, they don't, they don't tell you exactly how he does it, but you can tell that, you know, it's not by natural ways and it's not like it's, it's fucked up. Right. And so, um, the whole time in the movie, they're keeping the audience out of Christian, how Christian Bale does it. And also how Hugh Jackman does it. So you're watching the movie play out, seeing these two magicians do their thing. And at the very end of the movie, they show you how both magicians were able to do their version of the trick. And it's it's kind of like the end of this 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 book, where it's just so mind it's such a mind fuck of oh my god, like I didn't see that. Like especially with the Christian Bale part, you know, you're realizing he actually dedicated his entire life to this one trick to the point where multiple parts of his life were fucking ruined just so he could successfully pull this trick off 
because it affected every aspect of his life for him to actually create this illusion that he was doing that trick. And and you you know you watch the movie till the very end and you realize like this movie just fucked me up, dude. Like that is so messed up. That is so messed up. And it's kind of like Booster Gold at the end of this issue, or like you're reading everything that Booster Gold just did and you're like, that is so fucked up. <laughs> like it's so messed up everything he did. <laughs> and he's all you know it's 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 very similar like the the concept and the idea of like Booster had this simple idea and he goes. And he ends up killing all these fucking people and he ruins all these innocent lives. But at the very end, it's almost as if he didn't, but he's the only one living with the guilt of it, you know? And uh, he comes, it's, you know, it's like, what if, like, Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle run a rooftop and Booster Gold shows up and he's all fucked up? And like, what's wrong, Booster? And he's like, you have no idea what I just did. <laughs> like, you didn't experience any of it, but you have no idea what I just did to you. So... <clears throat> but yeah, man, we got to talk to Tom King about this stuff because obviously yeah. it's funny because I want to. I wish the Trunkler was on tonight because I know the Trunkler hates the the uh, the kissy the you know the lovey dovey kissy feely <laughs> bad cat stuff. Um, you know he's definitely uh, gotten tired of that kind of stuff. But um, this sounds like it'd be right up his alley. And uh, you know Trunkler's ah oh, finally ah Jesus been waiting for an issue like this been waiting for this kind of thing. But um, it's also interesting because Tom King's writing this really dark shit while all these like really young, like um, you know, adolescent or, you know, early 20 year old uh, uh, Bad Cat fans are reading like e- they're reading for Selena or they're reading to see that relationship. But then, yeah. you know, they're stumbling on these arcs and they're reading all this dark shit <laughs> thinking that they're going to get a Batman and Catwoman issue. And, you know, I, I really want to hear the response from those those fans. Oh, I, I've actually seen a few things. Like, I've seen some of that contingent uh, talking about, you know, this arc and calling it trash. Really? Because, you know, they're not getting the Selena that they want. And it's it's not Bat-Cat, Bat-Cat. But it's funny to see, to see those people calling it trash. And these three issues are some of my favorites yeah. uh, of Tom's role. It's, it's just, it shows, it shows his ability as a writer to, you know, he can do the, uh, the cute, funny, silly, witty stuff. And then he could take that, put it on pause and then come over here and do the really messed up, uh, weird, you know, like twilight zone kind of stuff. Um, I mean, it's just a sign of a good writer, I think. You know, it, he, yeah. it makes it makes it work. And I, you know, another thing too, like that I haven't um, given enough credit for personally, is uh, the art. Like this, this, these three issues by Tony Daniel have been fucking good since forty five. Yeah, forty five, forty six. Yeah, three issues. Yeah, Tony. Uh, Tony brought his A game on this stuff, and uh, I've I liked it a lot. Is he going to be on uh, going forward, or is it going to switch out again? Uh, I I think he's now you know part of the revolving uh, team of artists uh, as it switches from arc to arc. Man, you know, um, I know that a lot of people are bummed that Capullo came off of Batman, but I gotta say that it's it's not been bad. That uh, every artist that's kind of gotten a, a couple issues in or whatever, it's been great. Yeah, like everyone has brought something fantastic. Uh, we started off with David Finch and Mikkel Janin, and then Mitch Garrods came in, and Lee Weeks came in, and Joel Jones, 
and uh, I forget who did that uh, that issue with uh, the messed up kid. Every artist uh, that's been on the book has been fantastic. Yeah, and we, we've had the benefit of it not being the same look arc after arc. You know, having having those changes, it's it's all been great art, but we've gotten changes of pace. Yeah, and uh, normally when they switch the art out that much, uh, the book seems to kind of suffer because you know it's hard. Like it's hard for a writer and an artist to really gel and. Uh, kind of get a consistent flow going and, and make it good. Um, but I think Tom King's writing style is uh, lends itself well to the uh, rotation because he switches up his style as much as the art switches. So it's not like, you know, it's it's not like you're getting a, a book kind of like, uh, what was the weekly that they did? Was it Batman and Robin Eternal or Batman Eternal? Eternal, was yeah. That was tough because you can tell that... Uh, you know the the story suffered because it looked so different, but it was the same like story, um, but things looked different. You know, and it, it was it was uh, not horrible. It was just like it it it's hard to keep track when there's obviously like a stylized difference for the same story. Yeah, um, and is... and uh, the the way that was going because it was weekly, we were getting some of the issues had multiple artists in one issue that's right yeah yeah that was weird too but yeah this this one is um i liked i like what we've gotten so far and we've gotten some good art so um i'm interested to see where it goes now joker's coming in next yes uh yeah this uh this the end of this issue says next the wedding and the joker and then tom king shared some um art that uh freeze is coming around too isn't he yeah, uh, Lee Weeks uh, was doing, I think, the the Freeze story that's coming. That should be pretty badass. Kind of related, um, Paul Dini also tweeted that he's working on a Mr. Freeze story. And uh, Paul Dini writing a Mr. Freeze story, uh, he wrote the Mr. Freeze story. Mm-hmm. So him coming back to the character is very exciting. Uh I, I don't think anyone will ever top Heart of Ice no. for being a freeze origin or story period. Yeah. They tried to mess with it a little bit for the New 52, but I'm glad they dropped that and they didn't keep it going. Um, because it's just, why why, why would you try to mess with the perfection of that, that is that uh, origin? But, um, yeah. Batman 47, check it out. Art has been awesome. Uh, I also love what they've been doing with those uh, limited... Um, uh, like the they're putting art as the forefront of the covers with the variants. Um, yes, uh, yeah, they're they're almost virgin covers almost. for the variants now. You know, the, it has the barcode down at the bottom left side, yeah. and it'll have the the title and I think the creators in just really small lettering down at the bottom. But you don't have the big title banner, and you don't have the the DC logo and the issue number up at the top corner, and all that. And that it it really makes, for me at least, it makes the variants much more worthwhile. You know, it's it's a bigger difference. Uh, forty six got it, I think, with Batman and Catwoman, right? Yes. Yes. Um, this week, it was a. Uh, is it, yeah, I guess it is the same thing. It was the um, it just looks busy because it was the Amanda Connor cover. 
of uh, it looks like a movie theater that all the characters are sitting in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. We'll see. But, um, anyways, moving on. Uh, one thing that we kind of skipped over that is a huge deal right now is no justice. Um, we missed uh, talking about it last week because we did the Murphy interview and all we talked about was White Knight. But Scott Snyder has been saying for months now um, that spinning out of the events of Metal uh, was the beginnings of his story on uh, Justice League. And um, they were soliciting information as far as um, a little bit of what it would be. It would be a Brainiac story. Well, it be Brainiac influence story, not necessarily a Brainiac story, but um, Justice League would be split up into certain teams with one member of the league representing each uh, team of four. And um, last week was the first issue uh, of the event called No Justice that sets up Scott Snyder's eventual run on Justice League. Um, and I think, like, we knew it was coming out, but because Metal had just wrapped, uh, White Knight was going on, Batman was going on, it kind of just slipped under our radar um, with the interview that we did. So we want to cover the first two issues, at least, um, and uh, basically talk about what the event is and what's going on. So... You want to essentially comes out after Metal, and, and uh, at the end of Metal, after fighting the Dark Multiverse, the Justice League broke the multiverse, right? Uh, they they broke the Source Wall, the source. which is essentially like the edge, like the the end of the universe. Of course, it is. Yeah. So, so yeah, they they broke that, and then are that then exposes the universe to everything that's beyond it and they explain it as uh cracking open a fishbowl in the ocean <laughs> and so you you you're letting the ocean into the fishbowl yeah and um it leads to brainiac coming to earth and trying to explain to the justice league hey assholes um <laughs> fyi you you shattered the source wall, and there are four. Uh, what 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 does he call them? Omega Titans. Yeah, the Omega Titans is what they're called. So there's there's four Omega Titans that are essentially like the oldest beings of I don't know the universe. Yeah, and, and they basically put all of the worlds where they are. Okay, so blasphemy first of all, but we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> second of all. Um, so they're kind of like, that's my, I'm confused as to, are they bad guys or are they just like these big powerful beings that you don't want to fuck with? Yeah. I, I don't think they're really bad guys. It's like they, they did an experiment, you yeah. know, like the, the, the entire existence of the, the multiverse we knew and beyond it is sort of like a, a science project that they did Okay, where they, created all these little worlds because they each possess, you know, a, a different attribute and like one of them is intelligence and yada yada, yeah. uh, mystery. And they all created their own thing to sort of see which one would, would perform the best. Yeah. You know, which one would advance the most and get the farthest. And now this is just the point where they're like, okay, uh, we're going to come back and we're going to check on these now. And they're basically just going to, absorb everything that's come of 
of their respective creation. It's kind of like they're farming, so like they've they've like yeah. planted the seeds, and now they're going to come over and rip everything out of the soil, which yeah. is like worlds and people, and you know they don't. No one wants to do that because then they'll die because they'll get consumed. Um, so because they broke the source wall, now these Omega Titans have the ability to kind of come for us, and Brainiac tells the Justice League, um, alright, the only way that we can fight these guys off is if I split you up into four teams based on the attributes that they've created, which creates, if, if I, if I create these teams, it'll, they'll be strong based on the things that you guys carry, um, that, that's the only way we can beat them, and I have to be a part of it too, so... Um, and and that's after proving it by, like he comes to Earth and he just spanks everyone, the Justice League, yeah. the Titans, everything. He he just easily he just wipes them all out, and he explains to them that you have the potential. You know the all of your individual parts. You have the potential to to be pretty much unstoppable, but you're not you're not formed in the strongest teams that you could potentially be. Yeah. So there are weaknesses, and that's why I was able to just come in and take you all out. Yeah. So I'm going to arrange you in the the format you should be. Got it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of what he does in the first issue, is you see the, the different teams and uh, who's in them. Um, each. So we have... Uh, uh, Team Entropy, Team Mystery, Team Wonder, and Team Wisdom. Got it. Each of them having at least one member of the Justice League, right? Uh, yes, at least one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's cool to see that amongst the teams, Sinestro's in one, Deathstroke's in another, Harley's in the one. I think it's is Harley in the same one as Deathstroke, I think? Uh, uh, no, uh, Deathstroke is in the team Batman is in, Harley is in Team Wisdom. Cyborg. I think right. Uh, with uh, yes, uh, team wisdom is cyborg, Adam, Damian, the Adam, uh, Flash, and Harley. So like they're yeah, yeah, they're all people who are scientists and doctors yeah. and things like that. They got Martian Manhunter and Zatanna and Starfire and Starro, right? And the other one and team. Um, Team Mystery, yeah, is Martian Manhunter, Starro, Superman, Starfire, and Sinestro. Oh, that's right, yeah. Um, and then Team Entropy is Batman, Deathstroke, Lobo, uh, Lex Luthor, and Beast Boy. That's right. Um, so the first one is the Justice League gets spanked. Uh, Brainiac explains what he's doing. Brainiac explains, basically given the background of like what's been going on, these are the teams that we're going to be in, you have to follow my lead, um, this is what we're going to do. And then Amanda Connor's bitch ass, um, <laughs> she decides to round up all the uh, all the psychics, right? Yeah. To try to read like Brainiac's mind to figure out like what he's doing. And that ends up fucking frying Brainiac, right? Yeah, yeah like his head literally... We see his head literally explode. Yeah. So so that so Amanda Waller fucks it all up because what Brainiac is explaining is like, all right, I'm putting you on these teams, but I'm basically the ringleader, and I'm gonna show you guys how to fight these guys because under attack number one is my home planet, and we gotta go there first to fight the first. And one the 
the the real twisted thing that he did is he sort of blackmails them into having to go along with him because okay not only you know as it would have been normally okay these guys are gonna come from my planet and then you know they're gonna go planet to planet taking everyone out and eventually they're gonna get to earth yeah but he he sets it up like he draws them to earth yeah so that okay, when they're done with my planet, if we if we fail to stop them on my planet, they're going for yours next. Yep. So it's he's basically forcing them to comply. Exactly. Um, but what we learn in this issue is Green Arrow feels man. I feel bad for Green Arrow. He's, he just get, he got bitched, man. He got he got left out, and so that's uh, he's he's trying to did he did he go after Amanda Waller? How did he end up like finding her? Uh, yeah, he was tracking her because uh, she's a uh, someone had taken out all of the uh, Queen Enterprises, uh, Queen whatever uh, communications, like all their satellites and everything. Someone had knocked all, all his stuff out, hmm. and he was able to uh, track the source of doing that, and he, he came uh, onto Waller. Yeah. who was uh, out in the Arctic Circle on her way to the Fortress of Solitude. And does he explain who puts the other the other heroes in stasis? Uh, I don't think he knows. Is it is it it could be Brainiac because that's another way of Brainiac basically saying like you have to help me because like there's nobody else that will you know the rest of your heroes are like you know in stasis or whatever but but yeah, so this issue we see uh, the justice basically different members of the team try to fight their own way, and they're getting their asses handed to them because what Luthor explains is, and with I think what Martian Manhunter I, I don't know if it's Luthor or whatever, two of them explain like you can't fight the way you want to fight you have to fight the way Brainiac set up the teams, yeah, and you have to do it his way, and uh, that's when they realize like they're kind of left to the. Uh, um, uh, they ha- they have to work together in this way. So, and there's also there's enemies on the same team. You know, there's bad guys and good guys. Yeah. Um. Another thing that's pretty cool that they saw is that they crack open uh one of the uh, trees of uh that's on uh, Brainiac's home planet. Um. And they find that he has like thousands of worlds that he's shrunken. Um. Right. And uh, they they realize like shit like we have to re- it, basically like he's captured and bottled like hundreds of thousands of planets, and they decide yeah, like uh, like like the bottled city of Candor except yeah. these are whole planets full of life yeah and so and so what is uh, Sinestro says we have to release them but then we have to like control them and basically like become a dictate you know we have to like dictate over them but uh, yeah. Su- Superman and everybody else says no you just have to let them go like. You know, you have to let them go and be free. Um, yeah, so, and basically what they're trying to do, like, the reason why the planet Kalu is in danger is because it's a planet of intelligence, and they have gone away from magic, you know, so all the other, the, the other three attributes that these Omega Titans possess, uh, basically the planet is not balanced, Mm. on those attributes you know they've gone all to intelligence so yeah. you know the, the entropy and the mystery and the wonder have all faded out because they're they're all intelligence 
I don't know why. So I just... the goal of the four teams is to restore balance to that, so that they won't be able to. One of them won't just be able to come and absorb that planet. Yeah. Um, they got they got to get the balance going because right now they're imbalanced yeah. for whatever reason. The image that just popped into my head of imbalance was uh, there's something about Mary in the flashback scene of when Ben Stiller's in high school and he's going to the restroom and he zips up his pants <laughs> and he gets how'd some... you get the beans above the Frank? <laughs> how'd you get the beans above the Frank? <laughs> I don't know why I thought of that first, but man, um, yeah, so. They gotta get the beans below the Frank. Um, <laughs> I think it's basically what's going on in no, in no justice in certain words. But um, oh, and uh, one thing that we uh, kind of glossed over was that uh, Brainiac put them, put all of them, well, you know, he date rape drugged them. Kind of, they all woke up on his ship. Yeah, uh, they were all in different clothes. Yeah, that's right. You know, it was held waking up at the dentist with your pants open. <laughs> They'll, they'll wake up in, in this special armor with Brainiac's technology in it. And when they get to the planet, they start noticing that each of the different teams feel like they're being pulled to a specific area of the planet. Uh-huh. So they find out that they're all being pulled towards the trees that they're supposed to go to. Yeah. And then uh, what? how is it revealed at the very end? Like, um, what is it here? They're... Is it when they're trying to? Yeah, what the hell? So, so they're trying to save Kalu first, right? Yeah, and they realize that so, they. So to do it, yeah, like they're one of the teams is basically they have to start dwindling, try to dwindle the intelligence hmm. of the planet, while you know to help. Uh, speed the balance while the others are trying to increase the other attributes. Whittling away, like they're whittling a little piece of wood. Yeah. Whittling the intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. And then they they try, but they can't. And then they realize that there's another adversary on the planet, right? Yeah. Um, I don't want to... Yeah, there's there's a tongue going on, so... um, Yeah, spoil whatever, you know, if... if, Don't don't listen this part if if you haven't yeah. read the issue yet. We're basically spoiling everything anyways, but I really like Lobo in this series for some reason. Um I know I didn't read any of like the the ongoing single issue Sexy Lobo when it was New 52 Lobo. <laughs> yeah. When it was Twi- Twilight Lobo, it wasn't my thing, so I didn't read it. So <laughs> he was all sparkly. Has he been in anything since that? Uh I don't I think it was back to old Lobo, maybe in some of the JLA. Maybe that's what it was. I think he was in a couple things, but he wasn't like a main character, and he wasn't really... Maybe he was on a book that didn't make it, and they cut it. But uh, it's cool to see him in this, because this is like classic Lobo. Um, and and uh, it's it's fun seeing his interactions with, with different characters. Yeah. Uh, but then Beast Boy goes ham. Beast Boy was holding back. Beast Boy didn't. Beast Boy decides to be crazy, and then um, that's when they realize that uh, they're trying to fight their way through. You are all idiots. You should run from here the second you were free to do so. Justice League didn't screw us, Waller. You did. What the hell do we do now? We pray, Oliver. All that's left to do is pray. Did you really think there was any hope for Kalu? That Brainiac would ever put his faith in Earther heroes. 
He may have needed your powers, but his plan required him at every step. The second he died, this planet and yours was doomed. So is is uh spoilers, um Brainiac 2.0 is chilling on Kalu. So is he just chilling there talking shit, or is he like Well he was uh he was in jail. Uh, Team Entropy was uh basically, you know, their their job was to bring back chaos to the planet. Uh so they had they were being drawn to this tree that was growing out of a prison. Mm. So they were they were releasing all of all of these criminals, these horrible criminals from the planet, uh, from the planet's prison, and none of them were doing enough. You know, it wasn't they were they were still being drawn farther into the prison. Right. And they eventually found that was where Brainiac Two was. So he was held in this prison. So he gets, he breaks out and then he just starts talking shit. He's just talking shit. He's, yeah, basically, but what an uh, I think while he's talking shit, I think he's the key. Because he's, basically, they they can use him to uh, sub in for Brainiac. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's going to be the replacement coach. Okay, I like he's, how he's... Uh, he, he's going <laughs> to, he's like, uh, you know, this, this is the bad news bears. Yeah, he's Billy Bob. There you go. Or uh, what's the what's the original guy? Um, uh, not Mark Dangerfield, is it? Was it? No, no. It was the original one. Was uh, not Nathan? Oh God! Oh my God! Oh man! It was um, uh, Mr. Wilson from the from the Dennis the Menace movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Walter Matthau. Walter Matthau. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So he's Walter Matthau drinking his beer out there. But um, uh, dude, I don't understand how Scott. I mean, I know it's Scott. And it's Joshua Williamson and it's um, James Tynan. I don't understand how Scott has the ability to write metal, and how he, you know, he's got that in his brain with all those layers, and then he still has like gas in the tank to go and write something like this. Like wh- how, what the f- what the fuck is his mind? And and he's still. Like he he's going out to cons and he's doing like TV interviews now, and he's got family stuff to take care of, and he's going out running. And I I I'm pretty sure that Scott doesn't sleep. I don't. Yeah, man, his brain must work like a hundred miles a minute because how the fuck do you come up with this story after just <laughs> doing something as crazy as metal? Or I don't know. I, I but I think he's had this idea. For years, right? Yeah, and I think he's... and uh, the, the the first of all, I I'm really enjoying the story so far. I think this is really cool. It, I think the concept is good, and it's going it's going well so far. You know, the the execution is is uh, is great. Mm-hmm. I think the hardest thing I appreciate what Scott, uh, Josh and James are doing with this because I think the hardest thing to do with the Justice League in general and the reason why Justice League comics aren't always great it depends who's on the book at the time and what they're doing I think after all these years it's really hard to keep writing stories that while interesting and original and engaging it's hard to keep coming up with fresh ideas 
for threats that require the entire Justice League to be there. Yeah. Because like you can only so many times say, and they're fighting Darkseid again because yeah. you know, because why not? You know, coming up with fresh ideas for the these new threats that require all the members of the Justice League to be there to stop it. Instead of just, well, this thing's happening, well, we'll send Superman to stop it. And this thing's happening over here, we'll, we'll send Wonder Woman to stop it. You know, right. It's all taken care of. Yeah. But you know, to, to keep coming up with original threats that require everybody, yeah. that's, that's impressive to come up with something like this. Yeah, you know, the last time that I really remember having an, an investment in a Justice League book was because Jeff Johns was writing it for uh, the New 52. Yeah. Um. That was the last time I remember, like, really... I think it was, like, the last thing... Was it uh, Forever Evil? The stuff that kind of spun out... It Was it before Forever Evil? Where there was... Uh, um, Trinity War. Trinity War, yeah. It was, like, Trinity War yeah. and... Um, Basically, Trinity War was them being fooled into what uh, caused Forever Evil. That's right. And then after Forever Evil, it was, like, Dark Side War, right? Yeah. At some point. Yeah, so that was like the last time I remember like loving the Justice League stuff is Dark Side War. Yeah. And then after that it was uh with Rebirth it was what Brian Hitch? Uh yes. For a while. I want to say. And then uh I can't remember who took over for Rebirth if it was somebody different. Uh did uh I think maybe Priest wrote uh did Priest write Justice League for a little bit? No, I don't know. I I I really stopped caring or, or reading it. Um just because yeah, like just... there's been a lot. It's not that it was bad. It's been it's had a lot to compete with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, you know, there's metal over here. There's White Knight. There's Batman, and um, the the yeah, it's just been a lot. You know, you know what? And book... like the, 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 you had James Tynan when oh god yeah when Rebirth started, James Tynan surprised the world with Detective Comics being better than it had been in a long time. Yeah, for sure. So there was just too much stuff that was taking our attention away. You know what book that I feel like we really slept on hardcore that had really good art and actually interesting stories was Trinity. Um, uh, I, 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 I read a couple of issues and I, I skimmed through some of it and I was like, man, we should have been reading this. It's, it's really good. But there's there's a bunch of books you can say that about though because Super yeah. Sons was fantastic. True. Yeah, it's just too much. DC is just have DC has too. It's like it's like TV right now. It's like you can't possibly watch yeah. everything that's as it's just so good right now. And um, the amount of books and quality of books that there are, it's, there's not enough time. There's not enough minutes of the day to be able to soak everything up. But you know, we're trying. But um, going back to uh, No Justice, I'm I'm liking this a lot more. Maybe it's just because I hadn't thought about it too much because I've really been. Uh, anticipating the superman stuff with uh the man of steel stuff coming out and then um um bendis taking over action in superman i've been more like wondering how that's going to be so that's kind of taken up my attention um and i'm kind of i was kind of like okay no justice sounds cool but i want to i just kind of want scott to get started on his justice league run um so i wasn't really looking to the future for this as much but now that i've read it um, I dig it. And I, I think what I like the most about it isn't even the Justice League characters so much as like seeing Lobo, seeing Sinestro, seeing Dr. Fate. Dr. Fate is not in it nearly as much as I want him to be. Um, he's in it a little bit. And I think Dr. Fate is so fucking cool. He was really fucking cool when they use him in metal. 
Um, so it's cool to see him used in this. I hope they keep doing that. So I want to see more Dr. Fate. I want to see more Sinestro. I want to see more Lobo. Because um, those right now are the coolest parts of this book. And the art is cool too. Um, it reminds me a lot of kind of what we saw in Dark Side War with the uh, the the one shots that uh, Manipal drew. Um, mm-hmm. Same kind. I mean, his style is is perfect for space. I think. Um, yeah. So this stuff totally looks very like spacey and futuristic, and the colors are are like glittery and shiny. So it's it's cool. It's cool looking. But yeah, uh, it, it works for. Uh, how things would look on other planets. Yeah. You know, like it, it doesn't just look like, oh, this looks just like Earth. Yeah. It's cool to see uh, the big fights, too. Like seeing everybody in action is awesome. Sometimes there's, like, a lot of, um, um, like, plot building and stuff like that, but it's cool to see that there's action in this book. Everyone looks good, too. Yeah. And uh, in, in this issue in particular, I like the pacing of it and the the pace of bouncing back and forth between the different teams and the different stories and, yeah. and how everything is linking together. Yeah. It's, it's still funny how um, I'm still seeing people complaining of the teams and who's in them and who's not in them. Yeah. Um, people are complaining that um, why isn't Catwoman leading her own team or why isn't she in one of the teams? You can make that argument for so many characters though. I mean, it's, I'm sure it's hard to, to, um, toss you know everyone that everybody wants in a team i'm just happy to see the ones i mentioned like sinestro that's fucking yeah. cool uh another thing too is Scott's... And, and i'm sure all the other characters that aren't part of these teams like everyone that's in stasis on earth right now i'm sure that's for a reason you and know that that will come in what a genius way to explain away why you're not including other people though like yeah <laughs> just fucking put them in stasis can't use them and, sorry and i'm sure they're like brainiac had you know had had done that so yeah. I'm sure there's a reason for it, and you know maybe it's you know to to keep them there because they would be the the, the next line of defense if uh, if it, if the battle came to Earth or or which, maybe you know spoiler uh, we saw in DC Nation uh, number zero yeah that came out uh, just before Free Comic Book Day that you know th- they do show up at Earth. Um. I, I gotta go back and look at the panel, but I saw Nightwing was one of the ones that was frozen, right? Yeah. Oh, so it's Nightwing, uh, Aquaman, uh, Wonder Gal. Um, I'm wondering if some of the ones that are in stasis are because those are the ones that would probably question the motives more than anyone. I could be completely wrong, but Dick is usually the one that's... Uh, even though you know Bruce is like lately from Scott stuff, Dick Grayson is usually one of the guys that's like questioning the motives. Um, well, D- Damien is still doing the same thing yeah. too. Damien's been resisting all along. Yeah. Batman's telling like, okay, kid, chill. You yeah, know, he's just, like, just why, trust. why are we, why are we following a Lex Luthor and Brainiac plan? That's fucking crazy. So, yeah, I mean, and I did, I did feel that, um, I like that Scott did that. I like that Scott put in, that voice, because there are moments of this when I'm like, Batman wouldn't fucking do this. Like, Batman wouldn't be this quick to kind of like, uh, you know, just go with this plan. And that's exactly what Damien's providing, is Damien's providing that voice of the reader saying that. You know, it's like, dude, what? Like, and then Batman's basically saying, like, we don't have a fucking choice, kid. You know, and it's, it's so Batman for him to say this, too. He's like, let's ride this train and see where it goes. 
Mm. You know, because I'd rather be on the inside and seeing how this plan works and where it's going than being on the outside and not, you know, keep your enemies closer kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, good issue. Uh, I liked it. Um, interested to hear what the other guys have to say. I'm interested to hear people complaining about it on the internet because I'm sure there will be. <laughs> um, I haven't gone on, I've, I've heard though, but I haven't gone on like any of the forums or the comment sections of like um, CBR or like bleeding cool or anything like that. Um, I'm glad that I don't because I just, you know, we do it enough. We do it enough in our DMs bitching and complaining about certain things that I don't know if I can handle it on like a wider scale with like thousands of people doing it. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't want to see the opinions of strangers. Yeah, and it's because oftentimes they're wrong. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, I'm interested to hear more. About, like it's just funny sometimes when I when I see and hear. And sometimes they make points of, like, why people hate certain styles. And, um, you know, Scott, it's funny how Scott is definitely one of those writers where you either love him or hate him. And um, uh, <coughs> Grumpler. <laughs> but wait, does he... There's things that he's liked. Didn't he like metal? Uh, I think he was okay with he metal. He was tolerant. He was tolerant. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, on the whole, it's, uh, you know... Not his forte. No, Styles, not his, uh, not his cup of spilled and that's tea. That's okay. I understand it. I, you know, it, Scott is definitely an acquired taste, but you know, a lot of people have acquired that taste, so he's very popular. Um, but the ones who dislike him are very vocal about it, and to the point where like they won't even buy, they won't even bother with any. There is people who like what, metal, right? No, I remember. There's people who have not touched any issue of metal or the spinoffs because they don't like Scott Snyder. And it's so sad because they're missing so much good stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you don't like Scott's writing, like check out the spinoffs, check out the one shots of the, of the dark Knights characters. Oh my God. So good. But anyways, um, yeah, we gotta have spec. We, ha- we gotta get Scott back on, uh, maybe when the, uh, the fourth, uh, issue wraps before he jumps onto his, uh, ongoing, um, to talk about just like, you know where his head's at. I also want to know like the collaborative effort and how it works with uh, the other two guys now because they're writing all four of these issues, all three of them. Yeah. Um, so sometimes that could be. I don't know, man. That's crazy. I'm sure they sit down and talk yeah, a lot I, about I, it. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I was wondering the same. Like how, how exactly that works if they all plotted out the story together and then one of them is scripting it or each one of them are scripting an issue or you know how exactly that dynamic works i bet you like um they all talk about it where like you know in school the teacher's like all right everyone break them into groups of three and then so like you break up into groups of three and you like talk it out and then the teacher's like all right now appoint a representative to be the one to explain to the rest of the class what you're doing and then everyone's like just sitting there like not wanting to do that i bet (laughs) you like i bet you i'm wondering like who is the one that like who, they're obviously all three of them are talking at once, but who's the one they all pointed at? Like, all right, now you have to write the script. <laughs> you know, so um, I'm sure the book uh, well, says that. While we're talking about Scott, uh, I just want to point out something that that has been happening lately, and uh, really heavily, you've seen it on Twitter with Scott lately. Uh, he's been a great ambassador for comics lately. You know, he's he's been tweeting really heavily in support of friends of his who are writers at Marvel and at Aftershock and you know all, all the all the publishers and uh, just really advocating 
how important it is for everyone that all the publishers do well and that you know all the companies t- keep making great comics and everyone's supporting each other and that's just really cool to see someone who is at the top mm. uh to be advocating support for everyone you know even you know if if someone isn't at the top right now yeah uh, it, it's uh, it's just cool that he's doing that, and I just wanted to point that out. I'm wondering, I'm wondering, like something must have happened, or someone must have said something. Like maybe there was an interview, or um, someone said some disparaging remarks about like a coworker, or you know, somebody maybe at DC talking smack about somebody at Marvel, or maybe it's just the readers. Maybe he's responding to what he sees uh, from fans, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, it, it's it's tough right now because I think. Uh, when you look at it, um, DC is hitting it out of the freaking park as far as, I mean, like we, we have trouble keeping track of how many good books there are to read and we're falling behind. I mean, if we had the time, like I'd like to, co- I'd like to continue to, you know, we covered a couple of Gotham City Garage because it was so good. Yeah. Really cool concept. We just, you know, we got wrapped up with White Knight. We got wrapped up with Metal. Um it's just so much that's happening that that you just can't keep track of, and I think you know, people at DC obviously know it. They see the numbers, they see the sales. Um, Marvel has books that sell, but they don't. It's not like it's the same books. It's like it feels like it's changing, and it's always a different book at Marvel. And I think that Marvel's having a really hard. Marvel's been having a hard time for a couple of years with finding, I guess, a rhythm um, with keeping people on board as far as readers and and keeping um, storylines straight and they've been rebooting and they keep going to number ones and you know they're they're throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks and i think they're getting a lot of heat um from readers and fans because of it and that's probably maybe what scott's doing a little bit is trying to take the heat off of them um because as much as there's stuff going on that maybe readers don't like about marvel there are still really good writers over there and there's some decent books coming out. You know, I was reading, um, what was I reading? I mean, I, I think I follow writers more than anything else. So Charles Soule yeah. has been writing Darth Vader. And uh, I know there's like 12 different Star Wars books out there right now. But I think I think Darth Vader is probably on the top of my list as far as any of them. Um, it's been awesome. He's coming up with a new story arc, which is going to be fucking so cool. Which is why Vader has that fortress on the planet where... Um, Obi-Wan basically defeated him from the from the first trilogy or whatever mm. which sounds awesome and badass um, so yeah I think I think Scott's just trying to highlight the fact that there's hardworking people on both sides of the fence and you gotta support them and uh, shit happens and you know but uh, yeah you know we've we, we also kind of like obviously you know we're not gonna like everything we read so we're gonna read things and we're gonna probably talk about what we liked and didn't like about it but at the end of the day um, we're not really like a hate train kind of group, uh, on the, pod, yeah. on the podcast yeah. at least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why, that's why you don't hear us really bad mouthing books because you know, if, if we didn't enjoy something, well, we just don't spend our yeah. time talking. Well, about yeah. It, you know? There's no point in bashing something if you don't like it. It's like, why would you waste your time? Just don't read it, you know? So, but that's, that's, it's not, and it's, you can't even say that because even stuff that we don't talk about, we like, we just don't have time to talk about yeah. it, but exactly um yeah i don't think there's really been see that i mean it depends on who you talk to and in the group but um there are things that we've been reading that people like oh i hate that or i hate this 
but uh, there's nothing. Well, to... when when we when we were talking to Sean, I pointed out that it, with everything that's coming out right now, there's nothing. I don't think there's anything that all of us in the group have been universally enjoying until White Knight came along. Yeah. I think that's the only thing that no one had a bad thing to say about it. It's funny, too, because I don't think Gramps read it until, like, a couple hours before the interview. Yeah. And he, he like, he he read all of it at once, and even he was like, damn, this shit's good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man. Like, if it gets Gramps and Grumpler's stamp of approval, <laughs> you, know, you know that fucking writer-artist is doing something right. Right, white buffalo. <laughs> Oh man. Um, okay. Oh, and that kind of leads us to this next thing. So, uh, I guess there was an article with um, that had gone out with Bleeding Cool. There was a source or a rumor that was going around, which is this is this is true. There is uh, a working title for a event or a book that's coming up uh, later in 2018, possibly 2019, where they're using the working title of Crisis in it. Not necessarily that it's going to be another crisis event, but they have something on the shelf that they're going to do, which is going to be like an event book that's going to be a big thing that obviously they got a lot going on right now. So they're just putting it on the shelf and they're going to get to it eventually. But somebody leaked from DC that there's this event on the shelf that the publishers want to get to eventually that has a working title of crisis. From that rumor, Bleeding Cool decided to write, uh, I think, two different articles um, all based on rumors, and they're saying we have reliable sources that tell us this. And they wrote an article saying that there's a crisis event that's going to come, and it's going to change uh, the books. It's going to erase the. It, it may potentially erase the Batman and Catwoman wedding, and it may potentially. Yeah, they they they, they were branding it uh, as a reboot. Yeah, they 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 said this will be a crisis event that will be a reboot and wipe out some of the things that have currently been going on in comics. The biggest one probably being the Batman Catwoman wedding. Um, and they had they wrote one article, then they wrote up a follow-up article to that. And I think over the weekend, um, people went nuts and started at, adding um, Jim Lee and, and whoever else they could. And so I think earlier today, Jim Lee tweeted... The I should find the tweet exactly actually. So we uh, read I've, it. I've I've got it right read here. It. Uh, so it was sometime on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, uh, actually, uh, maybe it was even uh, late Friday, early Saturday. Uh, Jim's tweet was: "Rumors of reboots are ridiculous. Just stop with the misinformation. Thanks and have a great weekend." <laughs> Direct shot at bleeding cool. Um, and so yeah, it's just funny. And this this happens so often where. A website will take a rumor and they can't even fucking verify it, but they'll write multiple articles about what they think or what's going to happen. And people who are just too gullible to take the time to read how an article is written will take it as fact. And I'm sure people are like, imagine the amount of kids right now who are loving the Batman Catwoman stuff, reading that it's going to be a reboot and wipe out that from canon, losing their minds. And ang- angrily tweeting Jim Lee, right? So um, it's just silly and funny that uh, that had happened. But um, you know, it's just I don't know. It, it, I guess slow news week, I guess, and people just need to write an article. So they wrote a couple <laughs> articles. I don't know. Why, I don't know why they fucking do that, dude. It's so annoying. 
You know, it's gotten to the point where it's so easy to sniff out a bullshit article too. So, but you know, it uh, it pays the bills with uh, yeah, click some bait. clickbait articles. That is true. You know, they gotta. That's that's how they make their money with advertising and clicks. So whatever. But uh, that was some big news that happened this weekend. Um, some other stuff that we were talking about before we got into recording is Paul Dini had been writing some backup stories in the Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmati uh, Harley Quinn book. Um, and flying under our noses was this book called um, Harley Quinn. What's, what is it called exactly? Harley and Joker? Uh, it's Harley Loves Joker. Okay, so Harley Quinn, Harley Loves Joker. Um, and these are just straight up OG Harley animated series style stories. Um, and the animation looks pretty close or the artist, the art looks pretty close to the animation from, uh, you know, the Bruce Tim, the Bruce Tim style as well. Not exact, but using some uh, influence from it. But, um, and a hell of a lot closer than Harley stuff has been, uh, you know, since new 52. Yeah. But, but this, this newest issue is issue number two does, uh, include a little bit of both from what it looked like. I was able to skim through it a little bit. Um, and it looks like they kind of, uh, in a similar fashion to, not exactly the way Sean Murphy did it, but they do address the fact that there are kind of two different Harleys right now, um, both of which have their popularity and, and, and following. Um, so it kind of showed a little bit of that in this issue. But if you're a Harley Quinn fan, if you're if you're an OG Harley Quinn fan, if you're a Paul Dini fan, this is some stuff that we need to be reading. That, that uh, I think it's a four-issue mini, uh, so there's two more issues coming out. But definitely pull it if you are uh, into the old school Harley stuff. It looked really cool, especially this issue looked really awesome. Um, looked great. Another issue that came out this week that again flew under our radar um, that looks great is a book called New Challengers, and it's a spinoff yeah. of Dark Knight's Metal. Uh, Andy Kubert on art, so it looks freaking awesome. Um Scott Snyder is writing it as well as let me find who else is writing it with him because um he said that I think this is somebody that um Scott used to teach either in the DC um writing course that they did, the new talent course, or at one of his colleges that he teaches at. But um Scott Snyder and Aaron Gillespie. Um I wanna say I've seen that name though, Aaron Gillespie somewhere else. Maybe he's done some stuff for DC already. Um, but it's a new group of characters uh, spinning off the events from metal. The art looks amazing. Um, looks really badass. Looks pretty action-packed. Um, definitely something that I want to check out. Uh, one of my favorite books uh, every month uh, for the last few months. Uh, oh, there's right. another issue this week. Uh, Brave and the Bold, Batman and Wonder Woman. How many more issues is this going to run for? Uh, there's two more issues after this. It's a six issue mini. Okay. The art looks badass. It, it is. It's fantastic. Uh, it's Liam Sharp writing and drawing this. Uh, <clears> so <throat> if you've read, uh, the previous issues, uh, Batman Wonder Woman are in this, you know, sort of, uh, Celtic myth sort of, uh, fantasy land, uh, investigating the murder of a king. So uh, we see here more of them, uh, you know, Batman being a detective in, in a fantasy world and, uh, you know, following threads and things uh, getting harder and harder, uh, 
to keep peace between the different races and the more information that, uh, that they find in their investigation, uh, the more uh, war is uh, about to break out between between the different races. Man, I'm, I'm flipping through some of the art. I love that page where yeah. it's like a gigantic castle. Yeah. It's like a huge castle on the beach. That's awesome looking. Yeah, this art is fantastic. Wow. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't look like any other comics that no. are coming out, right? Very cool stuff. Uh, so, like, that's that's a quick synopsis of uh of the issue uh we get introduced to uh some background info on who will be sort of the the big villain that uh we should see in the next issue but uh it really if you wanna if you wanna know this story you really should just be reading reading this book yourself yeah i fell back on it i gotta i gotta go i've, I've been pulling it but i just haven't been reading it Again, just because there's so much other stuff that that we've been uh, checking out, but um, we forgot Detective Comics. Also, uh, this last week's issue looked freaking yeah. awesome. Um, we've we've been talking about Detective for the longest time, but again, you know, we got sidetracked with uh, Metal, the end of Metal, and and um, White Knight and Batman, all that stuff. But Detective Comics has been badass. Um, the art looked amazing in it from last issue. The story looks really cool because. As many of you know who are reading Detective Comics, um, there is Stephanie Brown as well as uh, Cassandra Kane um, in the issue or in the, in the story. Stephanie Brown isn't necessarily a part of the team though, right? Because she was she's spoiler, and she's just kind of interacting with the team. Um, yeah, so when uh, yeah when she'll be as involved as she sees fit. Yeah, because um, she's a social justice warrior and. Um, um, you know, she's just trying to make sure that everyone's, you know, anyways. Um, but in this issue, there's some time travel. I don't know if it's time travel so much as, um, showing kind of like different realities to them. Um, so you see some pre 52 stuff that, uh, is very awesome that we have not seen really. Um, and they address it from what it looks like. And, um, I only skimmed through it, but I really want to go back and read it because now I'm excited to see what the hell that all means. Um, it just looks really intense. There's Brother Eye stuff going down. Um, there's Cassandra Kane's dad stuff going down with the. Uh, do we find? Do we remember what, what it was called? The organization that he runs, the new one, where he basically try to weaponize uh, Batman. Uh, the Trunkler would know if he was here. Why do I keep forgetting it? Yeah, dude, the Trunkler would... Ah, gosh, how do you forget it? And he would tell us what it is. So unfortunately, uh, the Trunkler um, could not be with us this evening for um, personal reasons. Uh, I just think he had too many blood sausages tonight. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Detective Comics looks bad ass. Um, man, dude, what are we going to do now that White Knight is over? I figured uh, just hibernate until volume two uh, comes out dude because that was like the that was like the anchor to the books for me like everything else kind of revolved around that aside from metal like i think metal and and white knight were the two things that like you know we'd get one one week and then we'd have like a two-week break and then we'd get like another one or something but it was always constant like we were getting huge stories you know a couple times a month but now that white knight is over now that metal's over um, 
we'll see. You know, we'll see. Uh, no Justice is pretty cool, but it's only four issues. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the Superman stuff, like I mentioned, with Fabic and Bendis. But uh, there's plenty of other stuff to catch up on, though. Like we've been saying, that there's uh, a lot of things that we missed, so maybe we'll just go back and reread some stuff. Um, there's been a lot of announcements, too, actually, with uh, Morrison and somebody else. What is that? Yeah, uh, Morrison's going to be doing Green Lantern. Goodness. Brian Azzarello is going to be doing uh, Suicide Squad. Oh, Jesus. Like, Holy shit. How many books are you going to try to make us read each week? Well, yeah, because... Azarello, what has he been doing? He's been uh, he doesn't have an exclusive contract with DC, does he? Not that I'm aware of. But unless they just did one. But I I think he's the kind of guy that, you know, he he just stays out yeah. there, you know, and yeah, he'll yeah. just do uh, bits of work for them when he and when I he's th- ready. I think he's been involved in multiple layers of DC because um, he's been involved with writing and producing some of the animated stuff. Um, for DC Animation, he's been working with Bruce Tim a little bit. Um, so I think he's kind of all over the map. I know he does his indie work stuff, and then he also does the comic stuff and, you know, dabbling in animation. So he's all over the map. Um, Bendis, apparently, is going to be doing that, too. So Bendis is going to have his hands, not just in the comics, but from what it sounds like, um, in the animation stuff, and possibly even maybe, like, consulting for, like, TV and... And I don't know, films is its own thing, but I think TV, animation, and the comics is what Bendis is going to be doing. So um, we got that subscription service dropping at some point. Have they even mentioned when? Like it's it, do... uh, yeah, I I don't think uh, I don't think I've seen the date yet. Uh, it's at that point though where you can just sign up for uh, for receiving updates. I'm gonna do that as soon as we get off. Yeah, a lot of good stuff though. So. Um, Batman Ninja came out, and we've been talking about doing a um, review on that. Um, so that's going to be coming our way. We have a crazy lineup of guests coming that we don't really want to mention right now. But um, yeah, we got we got. Uh, <laughs> there, yeah, there, there's a guest coming up that we've wanted for a long time and had just uh, never actively gone after it. Yeah. But uh, yeah recently contacted this individual and yeah it's uh it's gonna be pretty exciting yes so i think uh i i hope as as many people have enjoyed the uh, murphy interview i'm hoping that as many um i think more will be familiar with this yeah. individual um considering that they've been around for a bit longer and um, have had their hands in a lot of things that i think people would consider classic at this point Dare I don't I don't dare to say because um, I look back on my shelf and I see one, two absolutes. Um, I'm dropping major hints. Maybe I should stop. But uh, well, is 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 it is it too much of a hint if I said that we have done an episode? Oh yeah, on one of their books before. Yeah. We'll, we'll leave it at that. That, 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 that. that might be too much. Well, I mean, you could take it a step further and drop an even crazier hint, but I don't know if that will just completely give it away. So, yeah. But anyways, um, very excited for that. Um, but that's just one of a couple of people that I think we have confirmed, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, there's there's a lot of things coming up. Cool. 
All right, so uh, make sure you guys are subscribed to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. We're working on getting ourselves uh, on the old uh, Spotify, so hopefully that'll happen in the near future. Um, makes sense for people who aren't on uh, the old iPhone, so then you'll get us on the Spotify or the SoundCloud. Uh, if you are on Apple, if you are on iTunes, leave us a review and a rating. Um, hit us up on Twitter, at the underscore badforce. Uh, hit us up on Instagram, leave us some DMs, let us know what you guys want us to talk about. Um, we have a couple of contests. Actually, it's more like one contest running right now, but keep your eyes peeled because we're giving away some picture discs of uh, um, King Diamond from Metal Blade Records. Um, we also got some t-shirts from uh, Indie Merch Store that are going to be, uh, I'm going to put up in the stories, so that way you can enter for those as well. So it's a good time to be following us. Um, anything else, man? I think you got a question you got to ask us, right? Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like a broken record asking this question. I, I, I don't seem to ever get an answer. <laughs> but maybe if someone knows, maybe shoot us a, a message or something. If you have any idea, where the fuck is the trunkler? Where the fuck is the trunkler? Well, he, I mean, yeah. Uh, like I said, my theory is too much blood sausage this weekend. Um, He's uh, knee-deep in uh, some of that... Uh, cheese soup oh man been having a <laughs> tough go with people on the old critiquing of the deep dish chicago style pizza but uh, all right that's uh that's enough for us so uh we'll catch you guys in the old flippity flip uh I'll, i will see you or i'll see you at another time <laughs> right, later